0: All right. Thank you for that. We appreciate that. Good good interview and good things to know and, and be challenging our lives as we consider um, this special day. We try to do this every year, Foster and uh, Adoption Awareness Day, and just letting you know what is going on in the community, what's going on in our world, and how we can be a part of that to help, because I believe with all my heart, that God calls the church to do that, and uh, I'm so grateful for these in the church. We have many, many foster homes and many who have adopted in our church, and we're so grateful for that today. So I'm so grateful for the opportunity to be that, just, just making impacts and differences in culture and society. Uh, I think of uh, yesterday I was at the abortion clinic. We did that prayer and praise and worship and testimonies, And what a blessing that was to um, be over there and walk to that abortion clinic and worship the Lord and lift him up and then pray for those. Kelly Flynn, the owner of that abortion clinic, pray for her and that she would come to salvation and she'd see what she's doing and and the thousands and millions of dollars they've made in that abortion clinic. It's been there for I think they said, for over 25 years. And I think about the impact we can make in small ways. I thank everyone who went yesterday. Thank you for being there and being a part of that. And then today with our Foster and uh, Orphan Care Sunday. I just uh, I love it. I love the opportunity to be a part of that. I'm actually going to forego our message on the book of Mark. And I'd like you to take your Bibles to the book of James. And I'm going to focus on a few verses here um, just as I give some thoughts today. Around this and just challenge each of your hearts. I'm just asking God to stir hearts today and that's that's really my attitude and my spirit today With uh, the message today. I've entitled the message God's great rescue plan God's great rescue plan Now I don't have a specific one passage that I usually do that's the way I like to preach but today what I'm going to do is I'm going to jump around to several verses that I feel are ones that have spoken to my heart Uh, Today and I want to share those with you here on this special day. First of all, let me say a few things before I read the Word of God. Uh, In the United States, some of these things were mentioned, but it's a it's a good thing to hear again. This is I got this from AllForKids.org and Satista.com. In the U.S., there are approximately 420,000 children in need of a home. In the U.S., there are 420,000 children in need of a home. And then I found this statistic, I don't know if this is accurate, I got different numbers, but it was pretty much around this number. In the state of North Carolina, there are 10,500 children in need of a home. 10,500. Now you hear those stats, and those stats can be overwhelming. I could have given you all kinds of stats around this. They can be overwhelming, but remember this, okay? As was kind of mentioned by Ben up there, there are more Christians in the world There are more Christians in the world than there are children in need of a home. So just You don't even need a statistic on that. There are more Christians in the world than there are children in need of a home. And so why do we believe in foster care? Why do we believe in adoption? Why do we believe in these things and and moving into our culture and making an impact? For that very reason. Because we have the ability to do so, and I, I think that's just a wonderful thing to think about as I get into it. I, I, I just love that thought. There's more Christians in the world today than children who need a home. Now, I'm just asking God to stir your heart as he stirred mine and, uh, in some way and to get involved in some way uh, to make a difference. Now, I used to, I'd say maybe 20, 25 years ago when I wasn't really thinking much about this, I would ask the question, why should I get involved? Why should we as a church get involved? Uh, A lot of these people got themselves into their own situation. Why should we get involved? Well, I'm just thinking more clearly about this now. Just because a woman gets pregnant doesn't mean she's ready to be a mom. And that's what really occurred to me and just made a lot of sense to me because a lot of them are in unfortunate, very unfortunate circumstances. There are women massively addicted right now and could not possibly... be a mother there are women who have been abused and mistreated and don't know how to be a mom they don't know how to be a mom they don't know how to show love and many of them many of them in the, in the experiences i've had are are literally i would say in have some kind of mental disorder because of the way they were raised or something that happened to them in their life and they deal with certain things like depression severe depression those kind of things and the list goes on and on. I could sit here all day with that, but they, they, the truth is they are not properly equipped to be a great caregiver. And that's why we have to get involved. That's, that's one of my reasons. And, and then take uh, what I just said, and it's true for men too. Just because a, a, a man can get a girl pregnant doesn't mean he's ready to be a dad. And so that's where we come in to these kind of situations um, we have ways that we as a church can be involved. So what is, what is God's great rescue plan for the orphan? That's my prayer today and that's my message today. What is God's great rescue plan for the orphan, okay? Here we go, I'm, I'm gonna give you three thoughts here today. Number one, God's great rescue plan for the orphan is number one, the church, the church. He makes that so clear in the scriptures over and over. James chapter one, Listen to this verse now. I want to just show you some of these verses. I love it. Look at verse 26. If any man among you seem to be religious, he's acting like he's a Christian, and bridles not his tongue, he deceives his own heart, this man's religion is vain. Okay? He's going to give you an example of what empty, vain religion is. A man who can't bridle his tongue. He just swears. He just says anything. It comes to his mind, he says it, and he just speaks his mind, but he it, it's in a very... Uh, Uh, shameful way for a Christian to not be able to control their tongue Um, the times that I find myself not being able to control my tongue if I work on my car that's why I don't work on my car I don't work on my car because I'm gonna I'm gonna lose my tongue there because I get so frustrated I don't know what I'm doing I'm just gonna send it down to old Steve over here and just have him do a little work on it okay I'm gonna I'm gonna have somebody else work on my car because I know my limitations But I know those are frustrating times, and so I want to be able to control my tongue. Okay, sometimes playing sports, I have a difficulty controlling my tongue, and uh, I I have to just—I just have to stop and say, "Don't say anything," and—and that's what I do. I I just don't say anything, even though my heart wants to. All right, there's something in me that wants to bridle my tongue. Uh, God says, if you can't do that, doesn't mean you're perfect. Doesn't mean you won't fall. Okay but there is a path, there is a pattern in your life where you work to control that tongue. I'm just thinking swearing. There's all kinds of ways that people don't control their tongue in gossip, in criticism. Um, And so it's just saying that's a true test of religion. But now look at this in verse 27. This is even better. But a pure religion, a pure religion, And undefiled before God and the Father is this, to visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction and to keep himself unspotted from this world. Okay, There's the definition in the Bible of the purest kind of Christianity there is. That's the purest kind of Christianity there is. Where the Father accepts as faultless That's what it means by undefiled. It's a faultless religion. It's a pure religion. The purest religion is three things. To look after the orphan. When it says the word to visit, it doesn't mean to go to their house. That may be part of it, but it means to look after. To look after the orphan. To look after the widow. And to keep yourself from being polluted in the world. That's... That's the purest religion you could have in your walk with Christ. What is it saying? It's saying to care for those that can't care for themselves sometimes. To care for those. It's it's, it's the purest religion that we ought to look after. Look after caring for the orphans. We ought to look after the widows. And we ought to keep ourselves from the temptations of sin. Live a holy life. That most defines God, holiness. So you be holy, okay? So care for the orphans, look after the widows, keep yourself from the temptations of sin. That's the purest form of religion in Christianity. It's the purest form of religion. I just want that to sink in, just in your heart. It's the purest. Caring for those in greatest need is so close to the heart of God. To care for those in the greatest need is so close to the heart of God. Now, I know if you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've been born of Him, and and He puts something within you, and He strengthens something in your spirit that demonstrates compassion. You're going to have compassion. On others. That's one of the gifts that God gives you through his Holy Spirit. I, I know I could do this today and I didn't want to do it. I thought about doing it but the last thing I want to do is guilt you into anything, okay? So I know if I showed you pictures of children in need and I put them up on the screen and you saw those pictures, you'd immediately say, what can I do to help? I know some of you would do that because that's in your heart. What, we, what can we do? I'm in. I, w- I want to help out here. What can I do? Gabriella, three months old, Her mom's in rehab today trying to get off fentanyl and she doesn't know who the dad is. Now if I showed you a picture of Gabriella, at three months old, if I showed you that pic, you'd say, how can I help? I'm in. Seven-year-old twins, Jack and Jamie, dad's in prison today, mom overdosed and died. The two twins desperately want to stay together, but they can't find anyone to take them in. Now many of you would say, if I showed you the say, hey, we'll help out, we'll do something. I, 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 want, I want to help in some way. If I showed you those pics, I'm convinced some of you would do this. You know why you would do this? Because if I showed the pictures, you'd see the face, you'd hear the name, and you heard the story. Three things you saw there. You'd see the face, you heard the name, And you heard the story. Just think about those three things for a minute, okay? The face, the name, and the story makes you care. It makes you care. So what am I saying? Of the 420,000 children who need a home in the United States, every one of them has a face, a name, and a story. Every one of them. Every one of them. And I, and I believe God calls us to care about those who are in need. Now, this is an easy answer. If you look at our biggest problems in the world and society today, look at our biggest problems, okay, in the world and society today, broken families, fatherlessness, substance abuse, incarceration, domestic abuse, divorce, Teen pregnancy. Who pays the highest price for those problems? The children, right? The children. Isn't that amazing? The children pay the highest price for those problems. And they didn't cause the problem, and they don't know how to get out of the problem. And God says... I want you to care about that. Look over to Psalm 82. Let me show you this one. It's a good verse. Good verse. Psalm 82. How do we know God cares? Psalm 82 says in verse 1, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty. He judges among the gods. How long will you judge unjustly and accept the persons of the wicked? In other words, why won't you deal with the wicked and why do you keep putting up with the wicked and why do you let the wicked get away with things? Selah, think about that. That's what selah means. Just think about that. Okay, take some time to think about that. Now, what does God want? Verse 3, defend the poor and the fatherless. Do justice to the afflicted and the needy. Deliver the poor and the needy. Rid them out of the hand of the wicked. I love that. I love just a simple little verse there. Rescue the weak and the needy. Rescue the weak and the needy. Now some of you, compassion just floods out of you. I I know a lot of you and just compassion comes out of you. There's a need, you need money, you need something, you need help, I'm there, I'll help you, I'll do what I need to do and that just flows out of you. It even goes further than that. Some of you love cats, and some of you love dogs, and you're just so compassionate with cats and dogs. My wife is like that. She just is so compassionate. We'll be driving down the road, and a turtle will be crossing the road, and she'll say, Stop the car! Mr. Turtle, you're going to get run over. Well, he's got a hard shell. No, I know, I'm, I'm, I'm ruthless, aren't I? But stop the car. We'll stop the car. She'll get out of the car, wait till all the track, and she will go out there and she will pick up that turtle. Sometimes she's brought him home and put him in our yard. I don't know what they're going to do there, but she, or she'll bring him back to the side of the road, get him into the ditch. Don't be crossing the road. She's compassionate toward those. My daughter-in-law is like her, and my son is like her when it comes to animals. They, they're, they're those people that rescue dogs. They, they, they get too many at these... Uh, clinics and these places with the dogs and so they will we, we, you take them into a rescue home and so my son and my daughter-in-law do do rescue dogs and they have all these rescue dogs and they keep them uh kind of like fostering them until somebody will take them into their home and sometimes they've just said well nobody's going to take this dog so we're going to take it and they call that dog bear bear big old bear and i'm telling you what here they are with these dogs they just have a a heart for that heart for that for the for the, there's nothing wrong with that there's nothing wrong I, I don't feel that particularly strong in me with dogs and cats and turtles that's not particularly and every time I tell my wife that she's like well these are god's creatures these are god's creatures that's how she always tries to get me you know she just tries to make me feel guilty god's creatures well one time she was going down the road where i live and uh, a big old snake came across the road. I was up at the end of my house. I was watching this car come up. It stopped right there in front of that big old black snake. He was out there sunbathing on the road one day, And, and she backed up the car, and she ran right over the head of that snake. She backed up, ran over it again, and she ran over it again and came home. I said, what are you doing? Black snakes, you don't want to kill black snakes. They they eat mice and they eat rats and stuff. I don't care. I don't care. I said, they're God's creatures. They're God's creatures. Well, she didn't like that one bit. I don't care. But, anyways, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Oh, I had must have had my mic out of place there, did I? <laughs> I didn't realize that. But um, okay. You want to save the dogs? That's fine. You want to save, you want to save the a spotted owl, that's fine. You want to save whales, that's, that's fine. I, I don't have any problem with that. Now, you, you say you don't want to save snakes, but I think you ought to save them too. But, but the truth is, okay, save those things. Save all these animals that you want. But of course, but of course, save the children. Save the children. Save the children. Rescue the needy. Defend the weak. I know, I know, it's so easy in our world, out of sight, out of mind. And that's why we have one of these every year, just to get it back into your sights. Get it back into your sights. I know you got your own kids. I know you got your bills. You've got your issues, and you don't have time. I get all that. But I am telling you, God cares about children more than we can imagine. He cares about these kind of children more than we can imagine. And I believe he calls his church to this as well. That's God's great rescue plan the church. That's that's the best I can find from the Word of God. Okay, so that's number one. God's great rescue plan is the church. Number two, God's great rescue plan is the families in the church. It's the families in the church. Look at Psalm 68. These are beautiful verses to meditate on. Psalm 68 Here's a description the whole chapter is I almost got caught up in the whole chapter it's a description of God and all the things that God is. Verse 1 says, Let God arise and let his enemies be scattered. Let them also that hate him flee before him. As smoke is driven away, so drive them away. As wax melteth before the fire, so let the wicked perish at the presence of God. But the, let the righteous be glad. Let them rejoice before God. Yea, let them exceedingly rejoice. Sing unto God. Sing praises to his name. Extol him that rideth upon the heavens by his name Yahweh. And rejoice before him. Why? Verse 5. He is a father of the fatherless. A judge of the widows is God in his holy habitation. Verse 6. God setteth the solitary in families. He bringeth out those who are bound with chains, but the rebellious dwell in a dry land. Here's God telling us who he is. And I am a father to the fatherless. That's what God says. I'm a protector of the widows. That's what he means there. I'm a protector of widows. He sets the solitary. You see that word solitary? It's just an old King James word. He sets the lonely in families. Everybody wants to have a family. And people who don't have families are lonely, they're lonely. That's, that's what he's saying. He sets the four-months-old. He sets the 10-year-old. He sets the 16-year-old. And he puts them in families. God looks for a family in the church because that's his rescue plan that will say yes. He touches that family and he orchestrates and brings the lonely into families. Why does he bring the lonely into families? Because they need to experience love. They need to experience compassion. They need to experience care. That's why he does that. And he wants them exposed to those who know the grace of God and can lead them to Jesus Christ. So the question is, what if God has his eye on your family? What if God has his eye on your home? Just just think about it for just, just a little bit. What if you became the answer to a child's deepest prayer? Say, what's the child's deepest prayer? I'm lonely. Can't you hear that? God, give me a family, give me a place to belong. And God, I want to know you if you're really real. And what if you, what if you are the answer to their prayer? Our God sets the lonely in families. Now, you may say, I'm, I'm not called to adopt or foster. And the truth is, for probably most of you, you're right. You're right. You ought not to do it. So just relax, okay? <laughs> just relax. I'm, I'm not trying to make you feel guilty. I'm not putting you on a guilt trip. Don't, don't do it. It's a calling. It really is a calling. But before you say no, okay, all I want to ask today is just pray, do you want me to adopt or foster? It's just it's a simple prayer, simple prayer. Um, now, I've not adopted in my in my life. But what can I do? Well, I know one thing I can do is preach on it. I know we have over twenty five people in this 25 families that have adopted or foster cared uh, in our church. Okay? I may not have done that, but I I can preach on it. I can give money to it, which I have. I can also create ministries out of this church if people want to rise up and see a ministry started. And I'm going to do everything I can to support that and help those people. And we have. You say, well, I can't do that, Pastor Rob. What what about me? Okay, you heard a couple ideas up here. If, If you don't want to Foster, or you don't want to adopt, what are some things you could do? Respite care. That was one thing mentioned in the interviews here respite care. People who uh, foster or adopt need a break. They need a break, especially with special needs kids. They need a break. And uh, even if it's just for a night or if it's a few hours, just a few hours, there's something you could do. You could give respite care. Uh, Number two, let me give you another idea. You could help a single mom with a with child that they've adopted or maybe fostered and the husband's died. We have people in our church, their husband died or left them, just left them. Of course you could give money. Of course you could help with their car needs. Of course you could help with their home needs. So, so you could help a single mom. Third thing. Uh, be an adopted uncle or an adopted aunt. Say, I'm going to adopt that kid in that family because I already know the family, and so I'm going to be like an uncle, an adopted uncle to them, an adopted aunt to them, and uh, I'm going I'm I'm to care for them like an aunt or an uncle would. It's another idea. Be a father figure to children. Take them to a ball game. Take them out to eat. Give them a hug. Simple hug. Baby showers. We've given countless baby showers to women in great need at this church, who couldn't afford to have a baby shower. Um, and I got this idea from off a website: help a care worker, help a caseworker. Caseworkers get overloaded. What can I do to help? Uh, help in your situation. What can I do to help you? How uh, how could I be a help? And most of them are underpaid. Most of them are underpaid. Just, just some ideas of what we could do as families, all right, and what I'm doing as a pastor. All right, so there's number one, God's great rescue plan is the church. Number two, God's great rescue plan is the families in the church. And number three, God's great rescue plan is spiritual families, is spiritual families in the church. God's goal, I believe, if I understand the scriptures correctly, God's goal is to get those children back into a family. Somehow, some way, get those children back into a family. Just be available. Just be available. Say, I see the need. I'll just be available. God, can you use me? How can I make a difference? How can I make a difference? Now, why do we want to do that? We want to do that because we believe in the sanctity of life. And we say that term, the sanctity of life. What do we mean? We value people. That's what we mean by that. We value them. We value people at Triad Baptist Church. It's, It's a beautiful thing. We value all life. We value the life of the unborn child. We value that life. That's why we go and we pray at those clinics. That's why we've invested thousands of dollars in Pregnancy centers and other ministries around these counties, four or five counties around us, to help them with those needs. There's all different kinds of needs there, but we value the life of the unborn. We value the life of the born. We don't stop there. Sometimes we get criticized because all we do is care about the unborn. No, we care about the born. The born baby, we value the life of that born baby. We value the life of the of the pregnant teenage girl who's scared. She's pregnant now. And she's ill-equipped. She can't do it. And not only can she not do it, she's scared that she's going to be rejected by people around her. We value that teenage girl's life. We value the life of parents not equipped to take care of their children. We value those parents. Why? Because we care about all life. Now, all life doesn't just need a family. Now hear me, okay? All life doesn't just need a family. All life needs a spiritual family. All life needs a spiritual family. What good is it if you provide a family, but it's not a spiritual family? What indent indent have you made for eternity? I mean, a spiritual family is the answer. I believe that with all my heart. They need a, that child needs a church. They need the love of God in that church. And you can be a spiritual family to them. It's a beautiful, beautiful opportunity. Now, I got this idea from, actually, Erwin Lutzer, and I I love it. He said this, The minute you let a child in your home, you may never be more like God than when you do that. The minute you let a child in your home, you may never be more like God than when you do that. That might be the most godlike thing you do when you invite someone into your family. Did you hear that? That's an amazing statement. That might be the most godlike thing you do when you invite someone into your family. And then you ask the question, why? Because if you're a follower of Christ, that's exactly what God did for you. Did you get it? That's exactly what God did for you. You and I were spiritual orphans from God because of our sin. And God said, "I'm going to send my son Jesus Christ through Jesus Christ, and I'm going to adopt you into my family. <laughs> I'm going to adopt you. See? Okay, oh, so let me repeat that statement by Ern Luther. "The minute you let a child in your home, you may never be more like God than when you do that. Because that's what God did. He adopted us into His family. He gave us His name, He became our Father. And we're his son or we're his daughter. We're his daughter. And when you call on Jesus to save you, <laughs> he adopts you. Not because you deserve it. You didn't do anything to deserve it. Just because he's God, that's why he did it. He's God. He's got a heart full of compassion. He wants to be a father to the fatherless, spiritual orphans. That's the ultimate plan of God. And so foster and orphan care is a picture of salvation. <laughs> There's no closer one in the Bible. It's a picture of salvation and the goodness of God. And that's why Jesus came. That's why Jesus came. So you could be spiritually born into a family that you could bear the name of God and he would be your father and you would be a son or a daughter. And when you do that, you are just like God. You are just like God. Now here's the verse. Scott mentioned at the beginning, Ephesians 1, verse 5, having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will you hear those, those fancy big words? Having predestinated us to the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. Let me just kind of break that down, okay? God decided way in advance. God decided way in advance to adopt us, to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ, and it gives him great pleasure to do it. That's all that means. Way in advance, he planned it. He said, I'm going to adopt you, and it's going to give me great pleasure to do it. I love that. Now, again, I don't want to guilt anybody into doing adoption or fostering. I just want you to realize we are God's great rescue plan. We are God's great rescue plan. We are it. And there are ways we can make a difference. I realize if you make a difference in the life of a child, you won't change the world. But you'll change his or her world. That's who you'll change. I mean, what if every needy child, what if every needy child, single mom, single dad, Felt the love of God through the support of this church. Caring for her or him and ministering to their child. Can you imagine what that would be like? Let's pray. With your heads bowed, your eyes closed. I believe with all my heart, God calls us to care. God, I ask you to help us. Help us to defend the weak. Oh God, I pray that our hearts would be open to that. Now, I just want to ask you to heads bowed, eyes closed. God may be leading you in any example I gave. I I gave all kinds of examples. And even though it'll cost us, and even though it'll be difficult, it will be worth it. Just right now, would you be willing to say, I'm open. I'm open to whatever God calls me to do. And if God prompts me to care, my answer will be yes. Would you be willing to pray that prayer? Just lift up your hand and say, I'll pray that prayer. If God prompts me, if God prompts me to care, my answer will be yes. Will you lift up your hand? That's right where you are. Yes. I see hands all over. Thank you for those hands. Thank you. God, I just place us before you. You call us to care. It's practical ways that we could really be involved in the lives of those that are at most risk. You care. And you put it in us. So we want to care. I pray you lead each hand that went up today in ways that they're being prompted by God to care no guilt just, just a prompting of compassion so God I lift them up and I ask your hand over them in the ministry of, of Triad Baptist Church for your glory and your honor in Jesus name Amen Amen, let's stand to our feet Scott's going to lead us in this invitation let's sing this together